Hey, what's up, people? This is K Steel. Words of wisdom. Thank you for tuning in on this beautiful day. Um, I'm hoping you guys are having a great day. I am just because I choose to, regardless of what the weather looks like, regardless of what's going on financially, regardless of where my health is, I choose to have a great day. And so I just want to say thank you all for for sharing the podcast. Um, if there's something in the podcast that you really, really like and really stand out, don't be afraid to to um, leave it on my social platforms, whether it's uh, Creative Ambition on my um, Instagram or Kendrick Steele on my Facebook. I just thank you guys or Twitter. I thank you for just tapping in. Um, so today, today, I just want to say love yourself enough to change. I think this is very, very important that we learn to love ourselves enough to change because we got to realize it's really not about us. It is about uh, those around us. And so that's that that's what I want to talk about today. I think it's very, very important that we we love ourselves enough to change. So check this out. I was reading one of my books uh, super early this morning, probably about three this morning. And um, it spoke up on a, a situation that's far too common. And one of these situations that's far too common, it talked about the, the violence early on in, say, um, parental relationships and it how it really affects the kids. And it starts to build like that low self-esteem. So in the story, the guy was saying how uh, and he didn't know for a long time where his low, low self-esteem was stemming from. But I think a lot of us deal with this and don't even know the root cause. So he was saying like when he was younger, back in the days uh, when it was more common, the violence in, in certain relationships, when he was younger, he had a guy, he had a dad who went to church, um, who was the apple of his eye. You know, he was a great uh, man of God. He was um, really good for his family. And what happened was um, there was this great storm where they stay at. And as they were, um, something happened. They were actually on a boat out fishing and something happened with the boat where they capsized And this man went to, uh, he saved his uncle, the, the, the guy's uncle. And then he went back out to get his boat and he never made it back home. And so what ended up happening was some years go down the line and this guy was like three when this happened some years go down the line and his mother remarried and this guy was a complete butthole he was he was just no good for the family and he used to say things like i married your mother and you guys are just the baggage that came along with her and what that did was it started to build this low self-esteem within the kids that they had no value and so this man who wrote this book was just sharing how he didn't understand like his sarcasm. He learned how to build this exterior, this hard shell, because for a long time, he thought that it was his humor that would keep people around, but his humor was actually pushing people away. And so it was, it was crazy because he didn't notice that through, uh, for, for many years through his coworkers and through whoever else, um, that it was that it was really um, his low self-esteem started because not only it was the first stepdad, it was a second stepdad. So now the mother divorced her first stepdad who was no good. She married another one 
who did the exact same thing with the same pattern. So how many of us have lived this life where we've been that child who was told to say, listen, kids are seen and not heard. And so that did something to who we are. And what what was happening was that was the enemy attacking our identity. And I'll speak from my own personal experience, you know, and, and this what it does is it attacks your identity. And if you don't know who you are, it takes it devalues you as a, a person of value in, say, society. So you'll do things that is out of your natural character because you've developed this hard exterior that if someone gets to know who you really are, they may not like you. And that's not true. You know, when I was a kid, um, I've had some real uh, traumatic experiences, but it was very common. And to be honest with you, it was kind of spot on with the way this man um, grew up as a child. Right. So there was a situation now me and my stepdad, he, that's my dad. He, he raised me. He wasn't perfect, um, but we get along great now that I'm an adult. But as a kid, I used to just, oh, my goodness, he used to work my nerve with some of the things that he did. There was a situation that if I did something wrong, um, if it wasn't whooping my butt, he would have me hold my arms out like completely like an airplane. And if my arms drop, it would get popped with a belt. And uh, I knew this wasn't, you know, I just thought it was part of the punishment process. But he also used to name call. So um, it was something that was attacking my identity. You know, I used to hold books on on the end of those arms and my arms would get tired after like three or four minutes. So imagine the character like imagine me uh just developing this low self-esteem because some of the times when i'm holding my arms out and my arm would drop he'd be like you dummy hold your thing you know so he's he's doing all his name calling and all this stuff and that's the enemy attacking your identity so i began to be really really shy um yes i developed a, a wicked sense of humor you know very sarcastic and name calling and i remember uh, uh growing up that uh, something I hear far too often. And I remember until I start changing my the way I used to speak about myself, I used to say, oh, I'm just so dumb. Uh, dang it, my dumb self did that. What I didn't know was that stuff was programmed inside of me. And we don't know that we do ourselves such a disservice when we speak death over who we are. We begin to uh, we hear all this stuff that devalues us and then we turn around and start to devalue ourselves. And then that sometimes if we're not careful, we speak that into our children's lives. And so growing up, I remember um, there was a situation where my mother and dad uh, had got into a fight and I was about 10 years old and my mother I just remember hearing them wrestle in, in the living room. And I'll never forget, I came out of my room, which is in the back by the back porch. I come running out of my room and uh, I couldn't defend anybody, but just from a natural place. I remember walking up to my dad, like, get your hands off of my mama. And that was the thing. Get your hands off of my mama. And so uh, this guy is very thin. 
in stature. Not even that tall, probably about five, five ten or so. But as a kid, that's a giant to you, right? And I remember saying to him, get your hands off my mama, get your hands off my mama. And um, I went to the kitchen just instinctively and got the biggest butcher knife that we had, probably the sharpest one, too. And I remember telling him I was going to cut him. And I hear my mom in her rage. She was like, kill him. And then my dad, he's beating on his chest. He was like, come cut me. So can you imagine the picture that I'm seeing like this movie reel of this huge, immense argument that's showing me as a kid how to handle relationships, which I thank God I never really turned. I, I never turned violent in relationships because I it was always in my face. So I hated watching that. Um, so I said to myself, I promised myself as a kid, I would never behave that way in relationships. That's why communication is so big for me now, proper communication. And so I pull this big old knife out and I'm kind of walking toward him. And but now he didn't stop fighting my mom and he's coming toward me. So now I see this this angry black man just huge in my eyes, beating on his chest with no shirt on. And he's like, cut me, then cut me. And I remember those whoopings, so I begin to to get uh, frightened. I remember how he couldn't uh, contain himself when I would get these these whoopings with the belts or have to hold my arms out and it frightened me. And I remember running out the back door. And by the time, uh, because my mom was trying to stop him from chasing me, by the time he made it out the back door, I was in the middle of the street. I had to run up the side of the house. I'm in the street with no shoes on. And I take off running and he's behind me, uh, chasing me. And I outran this grown man and uh, he probably chased me a good half a block. And I took off down the street about I had to run about two blocks to grandma's house. I let her know what happened, let her know um, his threats toward me. And she came down the street with her gun and threatened him. And um, I remember these stories growing up and there's so many more and and I won't go too much into it this is my my point though I remember that that was the start of some of my low self-esteem and I did not realize that until I became an adult I remember looking at my environment where my aunts were getting beat up or or in these hostile relationships I remember stepping to my uncles as a teenager or before preteen Everybody's relationship around me had that violence. And I remember saying to myself, I refuse to be that way. But what it did was it was showing me that these women and these relationships and these men didn't understand their own value because there's two two sides to that. If they understood their value, the women wouldn't allow the men to put their hands on them or talk to them any kind of way. They they would find a way. If it wasn't for them, it would be for us, their children. It would find a way to get out of those situations. But also the value of the men themselves. If they valued their women as the queen that God has made them to be, they wouldn't raise their voices at them. They wouldn't tear their women down, also tear their children down. In turn, it's affecting them because if their women and children aren't good in that relationship, neither will they be. They're just as miserable and people fail to realize, like, get to the core of who you are. Be willing to change. 
Get to the core of who you are. Don't wait until it's too late that you've been like a walking time and ticking time bomb that you won't get the help that's necessary. One of the things that I realized that if you have to go to counseling, go to counseling. Don't be ashamed of that. If you have to do that for the betterment of your family or first and foremost, the betterment of yourself, um, do that. Because all this exterior stuff that people are focused on, you can look good. You can have on the, the fanciest clothes. You can have a ton of money in the bank account. But you can be such a damaged and broken person that you are horrible for the people around you. And we, we live in a society where suicide is at an all-time high. And it sucks because people don't value themselves enough. From that spirit of rejection and abandonment. Think about, um, and, and I think because of my previous upbringing, like, or not previous, but my upbringing, I dealt with rejection and abandonment issues. And I remember God had to, during one of my counseling sessions, I went to church and, and uh, they had like a sister church or whatever that did counseling for whatever. And um, I went and one of the things that came out which I I share with people all the time, whether you're a religious person or not. um, This is just my testimony that I think it will help people uh, from all walks of life. And one of the things that the counselor had said, she asked two questions and it just, oh my goodness, it was some good stuff. And the question, she said, what is the lie that you've been believing? So the person who was listening, there's some things in your life. What is the lie that you've been believing about you? Um, and so I said, uh, that I had to earn love. So imagine being in these broken relationships with your parents and with your own life that has been very detrimental to your character, to your self-esteem, to your value. And the lie was all through life, because the way my stepdad treated me, sometimes the way my mother spoke to me, cousins or relatives and And having these harsh environments, that was just the way the culture was back then. I'm not condoning it, but that was really the way the culture was that helped you build that hard exterior. What is the um, what is the lie that you've been believing? Look at your identity. Who do you say you are? Do you look at yourself as a poor man? Because a poor man will do things um, that a lot of poor people do. They'll spend their money before they get it. They don't see any value in themselves and their surroundings. They don't offer any value to themselves and surroundings. And they act mentally. They're poor before they are financially or physically poor. And then so the the first thing was, what is the lie that you've been believing? Your identity, who you are and what are your name? Like, uh, uh, what do you say about yourself and who do you say? Who do you think you are? What is your value? Right. So, again, what is the lie that you've been believing? Really ask yourself that. And number two, what is the truth? Very simple. What is the lie and what is the truth? So my lie was I had to earn people's love. I had to earn uh, the way people seen me because uh, I wanted to fit in. I always wanted to be accepted. And come to find out, I was always the outcast, but I understand why now. Uh, And it wasn't because I'm a bad guy or 
everybody's not meant to go with you on your journey. You're going to have people that's temporary in your life that aren't meant to go with you on your journey, like seriously. And it's okay. And I understand that now. So my truth is my lie is that I had no value and people don't like me and I'm going to constantly be rejected in life and abandoned and whatever else. But the truth was, and this is just my belief, God had shared with me in that moment when I was asked that question, what is the truth? The truth was that I don't have to earn love because God freely gave it. And I thought that was so powerful, so powerful. So if we learn or we operate from a love place, it's like, bang, it was it was like something that changed my whole uh, perspective on life and how I approach relationships. It's okay for me to be myself now. I don't have low self-esteem issues, but it was a process. So sometimes I, we have to sit back in our alone time when it's very quiet, when no one's around. Sometimes we have to write it out because we don't know what's in our um, what's in our thoughts until we write it out. Uh, check this out real quick. There is a way. I remember somebody was teaching me how to free write. I don't know what that was about, but, you know, developing my writing skills. But it kind of pops up in my mind right now. One day I was sitting in the, in the um, I was sitting in the bed and I wrote I just sat there and I just start writing. And they was like, write for like two minutes. Whatever pops out, just write for two minutes and stop. Because after two minutes or three minutes, what happens is you start to think about what you're writing about and it changes what's coming out of your system. So one of the things that um, I sat down and I wasn't uh, even thinking about this and something came up out of my childhood. And it was when I first met my father, my biological father at the age of, say, 10. Some time had went by. I didn't spend a lot of time with the guy. And what had came out on that paper blew me away because I'm I'm a, an adult grown with kids, married at the time. And I'm thinking I'm just developing my writing. But what, what came out in that first two minutes was um, that when I needed some real help, this man had probably five or 10 grand in his pocket at the time. I needed some real help. I needed school clothes or something. And my mother sent me to him. I was probably about 11 by then. Um, he shipped. He, 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 I remember him shuffling, shuffling through thousands of dollars. And he gave me like three bucks. And I sat there with my heart hurt, you know, hurting because I said, oh, my goodness. Are you serious? I want to throw the money back in his face. And I don't think I've ever verbally shared with him how that made me feel as his son. I really needed these things and she wouldn't have sent me over there unless she understood. But he didn't know how stingy he, you know, he was or is. And that hurt me to the core for a long, long, long time. But the weirdest thing is that came out during my free writing session that I did not know was still in me. And I had to forgive him for that. And I don't know why he was that stingy, but on numerous occasions, he showed me that that was his his character. So I was like, OK, let me stop asking this man for money. Obviously, he's not good for money. But what happened was um, I felt rejected. I felt like I needed help and he couldn't give it. So that developed something in me, too, toward my own parent that I had to learn how to forgive. And that did something about my value that that that, that was not good toward my value. So check this out. I really hope this really helped somebody. Um, 
you have to learn to like you're changing is not just for you. That's a healing that needs to take place in you, but it's also for the world around you. Because when you change, right, it gets, it starts to uproot those lies of who you are and your identity. It starts to give you something more to look forward to. When you come from a place that I am love, I ain't got to work for it. You start attracting those things uh, and those people that want to love you. And what it does is it allows you to learn how to accept what real love is. Because sometimes when you are rejected throughout life, you don't know how to accept the very thing that's going to help you grow and nourish. The things that is going to that, that, that's going to help you blossom and bloom and, and grow in the things that you're great at. Sometimes people sabotage these relationships because they don't know what real love looks like. So I really hope today's podcast, I, I oh, my goodness, this one right here Um. I believe it really helped me even just talking about it with you guys, because I think that, you know, when we deal with rejection, when we deal with uh, personal value, it helps us understand ourselves so much more. So I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast myself. Um, and I think I can do a part two on why it's so valuable to change, because I have a ton of stories that I don't mind sharing. And so I hope you guys listen to the whole thing and and hopefully this will be um, some help, not only for you, because you may not have experienced the same experience that I've experienced or even anything remotely close. But maybe somebody that, you know, is dealing with some sort of rejection or abandonment issues and they are grown and they're still dealing with it. They're not dealing with the core of why they're why why they are going through what they're going through um one of the things i I just want to reiterate this thing about suicide um is very i've experienced uh, not myself per se but um close relatives of mine have dealt with this and uh it sucks because they get to such a low place before they reach out and get some help. And if you can't go to, if you don't trust your family with this secret, go to somebody else that, that is outside of your family, family, a counselor or a trusted person that can pour in some sort of wisdom and some insight and some encouragement and help you get to the core of why you think so lowly of yourself that you would want to take yourself out and think that for the very minute that suicide is going to make anything better. And it doesn't. It makes it worse because of where you're going once you're you're out of here. So whether you believe that or not, it's it's not a good place to where you're going. If you thought about suicide at any point in your life, if you if you try to do that to make a situation better. There's parents that have left their children uh, with this abandonment detrimental and it repeats in some some families. Um, I'm hearing stories recently uh, within the past six months that a couple of pastors committed suicide and it sucks because they didn't love themselves enough to get the right right help. To have enough hope that it is going to get better, that whatever your situation is, it's temporary. It may be a long temporary, but get the help. So I'm not sure who this is for, but suicide is not the answer. If you have this depression, if you have this anxiety about life, if you don't know what to do, 
get that help, man. You know, I almost it's almost bringing me to tears right now. And I didn't know this was going to be part of the podcast, but I'll just be transparent. Back in 2015, my own daughter, man, like almost took her life. And I had to see my child in, in, in a facility. You hear me? Like go to the hospital and and she's so like dad i'm so sorry this and that and the other and i've always been that voice like hey babe like what's going on talk to me what's happening what's happening and i didn't even know the, the child was cutting herself she just started wearing ra- uh, bracelets around me and i'm like man what's going on in your life that that the, that 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 the devil is is got you thinking that your life has no value and i remember seeing my daughter in this facility for 3 days i went up there every day Uh, And I remember just, you know, trying to be the support for her mother and my wife at the time. We're we're trying to be support for uh, my daughter's mother. We everybody bringing. uh, I brought some cheesecake for everybody just to enjoy and, um, you know, bring a smile to my daughter's face while she had to experience this thing. But what it did was it helped my daughter see that there was other kids in there that um, was was dealing with similar situations. And she realized just in that moment, it took that. To get her to realize some of the value that we've been trying to pour into her. So if you know anybody um, that's dealing with that, that that their value is that low. If that is you, I honest to God encourage you to get some help. And if that's not you and you know somebody that's dealing with suicide, be that voice of reason for them. Reach out to somebody today and show them some love. Help somebody else. Um and, and share this podcast. Maybe just this part of the podcast will save somebody's life that if you need that help, please get it. Don't be embarrassed about your situation. Find somebody safe to share this information with and go get that help. Get that healing that is necessary because it's going to make the world around you better because taking your life does not help you one bit. It doesn't help the people around you. Matter of fact, it leaves some very, very lasting scars. That is horrible for families and friends and and whatever else. So without leaving on a somber note, I really hope that this has helped you guys in some way, shape, form or fashion. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Right. Want to change and know that you have value. So if you want uh, more words of wisdom, words of encouragement, you can hit me at uh, Kendrick Steel on Facebook, like Standing Steel, not the Metal Steel, um, Standing Steel. Uh, or you can hit me on um, in- Instagram at Creative Ambition. I'm always posting something with positive. Um, and if you want, you can uh, DM me on, on uh, Instagram and we can have some one on one conversations because I have a lot I can talk about in this regard of. Uh, self-esteem, love, care, whatever it is, uh, I can be that voice of reason for you. Uh, So creative ambition, Uh, no I or E, it's C-R-E-A-T-V-A-M-B-I-T-I-O-N. I really hope you guys enjoy this. Reach out to your boy, leave some comments, talk to you guys soon. I'm out.